uh, who came and have loved and served Alan well. Um, praise God for your, your ministries, brother. Uh, Northside Baptist Church, thank you. Uh, Glen Rock Baptist Church, uh, thank you uh, for loving and serving with Gene. Uh, we are going to dive into uh, Acts chapter 20. If you please, at this time, stand for the reading of God's Word. Uh, Acts 17, beginning, Acts 20, sorry, beginning in verse 17. Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when he came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you from the whole time, from the first day, first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not count my life in any, any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course in the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about pre proclaiming the kingdom of will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay attention. Pay careful attention to yourselves and all the flock, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Amen. Please be seated. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Father, dear God, now we pray that you and your kindness would, would speak uh, through your servant. I pray that you would allow me to decrease and that you would increase, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our collective hearts together would be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. I pray that you would take this word and you would allow it to fall on fertile soil in all of our hearts. And we pray, God, that you would specifically take this word to convict, to challenge, and to encourage uh, Alan. Uh, we pray that you would use this to strengthen his ministry. We pray, God, that you would help him grow in his love for your church, to grow in love for your bride. We pray, God, that you would help him grow in love for his bride. We pray, God, that you would use this message now to strengthen and edify your saints. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the Apostle Paul was about to go to Jerusalem, and uh, he was about to see his um, uh, saints that he loved no longer. And he was constrained to be there, right? He said he was constrained in the text to go to Jerusalem. And as he was constrained, it's almost like he passed by uh, Ephesus on his way to Jerusalem, and something gripped him in his spirit. And in verse 17, he said, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus to call the elders of the church to come to him. Uh, so he's like, listen, I have one more message to give to these elders before I die. I know that these brothers are never going to see me again, but I want to give them one more thing. And brother, I think this is a fitting word to give to you. I would just maybe make a note right at the, at the outset. Uh, Paul was speaking to his fellow elders. Uh, brother, this ministry is not called for, for you alone. You're called to do this with fellow elders who are qualified men who are able to teach others also. This is the charge, brother. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you from the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia. Now, these brothers have already said it. God cares about your life. God cares about your example. 
Uh, Pastor Scott gave you a great charge. I don't need to reiterate that. You're called to give an example to the sheep that God has given you to shepherd. All the saints here at Glenrock need to look at your life, and they need to say, you need to be able to say to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you from the first day that I stepped foot in the office of a pastor. You know how I loved you, how I cared for you, how I lived my life for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. You yourselves know. Let it be no doubt. Let it be no suspicion about your character, about your integrity, and about your godliness. Let them know. Have that confidence. This is what Paul is saying. You yourselves know he was not boasting in himself. He's boasting of the, the work that the Lord had done in his, own, in his own life. You know the first day I set foot in Asia, I lived a godly life. And he says this, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and the trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. Uh, you just heard it again. Your call is to be a servant. Brother, be a servant. Be called a servant uh, because our Lord is a servant. He, he did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. This is what God is calling you to be. Right? God is calling you to be a servant, a, a, a under-shepherd of the chief shepherd. If, if the chief shepherd is willing to empty himself for the sake of his sheep, brother, you are called to do the same thing. You are called to serve the flock of God with humility, not in boastfulness, not in look at me, look what I have accomplished, but in humility. Uh, I just appreciate Gene's words so strong. Alan, God has gifted you. God has gifted you with a sharp mind. He's gifted you with a, with a passion for the word. He's gifted you to be able to stand and, and preach eloquently God's word. You are a gift to Glenrock. Glenrock, I pray that you know this, that you have a gift in Alan. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that, that the pastors are gifts to the church. You're getting a gift by the hand of God given to you, someone who loves the Lord, someone who loves his word, and someone who is gifted to preach it. Praise God. But you serve with humility. It is not about you. It is about the glory of God. We serve with humility. And it says we serve with tears. Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with griefs. I've been a pastor here for 11 years. And I, brother, this has been a glorious place to pastor. I have seen God do tremendous things in this place. I am overwhelmed and encouraged all the time in terms of the grace that God has extended to our church. But brother, this ministry has been a ministry with tears. Tears comforting those who have lost loved ones. Tears with those who have drifted into sin. Tears of those, of people who have walked away from the faith. So Jesus Christ was a man of sorrow and acquainted with griefs. And if you are his under-shepherd, you will be a man of sorrows and acquainted with griefs. Some of the, the tears that will come will be trials that happen because of the plot of wicked people against you. Those, 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 as we see here in the text, those, those plots may come from outside. They come, may come from within the church. They may be fierce wolves who disguise themselves as sheep to rise up and attack you. There may be plots against you. They happen against Paul. They happen against Jesus. They happened against all the saints who serve the Lord. But notice that even if he was serving with tears, he was serving with humility, he was having these trials come against him. But notice what happens in verse 20. He says, How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable. 
teaching you in public and from house to house. Listen, when you're in sorrow, when you're in grief because you're seeing sin among the the body of Christ, when you're in sorrow because people are treating you painfully, when you're in sorrow because people said maybe a sharp word uh, to your wife, you may think, well, maybe I should should shrink back. Maybe I should, should lessen up. Paul says, I did not shrink back from teaching you the whole counsel of God's word. And brother, you can't either. You can't can't dictate your message based upon how you are treated. No, you will not shrink back. You will teach publicly. You will publicly stand week after week and hold up the word of God and say, trust in Jesus Christ as your savior. Repent of your sins and believe in him again and again and again and again and again, brother. Do it. But your call to, to preach the word is not only from the pulpit, but it's in the, it's in the living room. It's at the kitchen table. It's at the coffee shop. It's on the walk around, around your neighborhood. Find your own loop around Glenrock where you can bring young men around you and, and preach the word of God to them. Do not shrink back. Brother, sometimes it's easier to not shrink back when you preach a word in the pulpit, Right? Because there's sometimes we could be a lion in the pulpit because we're hiding behind this sacred desk and we know that the Lord God himself is watching us. That we've been charged by God and, and Christ Jesus by his appearing who's going to judge the living and the dead to preach the word of God. Well, it's easy to get riled up in that. But what happens when you're standing across someone who needs to be confronted in their sin? You can't shrink back then either. And that's going to be harder for you as a young man. How do you do that winsomely? How do you do that with patience? How do you do that with grace? And yet you, you're called to do it. You can't let the fear of man, the fear of other people's opinion of you to cause you to shrink. Give the word, brother. Paul goes on. He says, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of the repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things I love about the Apostle Paul is that you can't really read much of him without him talking about the Lord Jesus. His life was all about the Lord Jesus. Your message and your ministry should be all about the Lord Jesus. You should preach repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those of you who are here today who have not yet repented of your sins and trusted in Christ, let me plead with you today to turn from your sins and turn to Christ. You will find a Savior who is ready and willing to accept you, to welcome you in so that you can experience eternal life. And we'll see how in just a moment. Make the gospel your main message. Verse 22. He says, And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there. Uh, Brother, you're not going to Jerusalem, right? You're not the Apostle Paul going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Holy Spirit. But I do believe that you are going to Glenrock Baptist Church, constrained by the Holy Spirit. Because that was not your first choice. You came here and said, hey, I want to go to Charleston. But God and his divine circumstances, based on providence and wisdom and prayer and the, the impressions of the Holy Spirit, says, no, I want you to go to Glenrock Baptist Church. That faithful call, talking to, to Mike Wallace, and, and Mike said, hey, I got a church. And I said, hey, is it, is it Glenrock? He goes, yeah, that's the same thing I was thinking about. And then all these connections that happen and the, and the love that, that that man has for you and the love that you have for that man and the people that, that God has just birthed in you. Beloved, Glenrock, let me just tell you this. There's been such, so, what's such a joy for me as a pastor when I see a young man become a pastor. You just see it happen. Because what happens is that they, they're kind of unsure of themselves, they're not sure they're where they're going to go, and then God just starts knitting their heart towards the people. He knits a heart towards the people. And I heard this man just start praying for you, praying for the saints at Glenrock, and his heart was like that. Those are my 
people that God has given me. I see that. We have seen that as elders. That happened right before our very eyes. God has called you to Glenrock. You are constrained by the Spirit to go there. You have no idea what will happen. It may be 10 years of long ministry, right? Uh, of, of low numbers. God may blow the church up in terms of people coming left and right. That's the good blow up, not the bad blow up, right? You don't want that. But you have no idea what's going to happen in your future. You have no idea what's going to happen in your family. You have no idea what's going to happen. But Paul says, I'm constrained to go. And brother, I just want to encourage you, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being obedient to the Holy Spirit of God and saying, I am willing to go. Not knowing what's going to come my way, I am willing to take the risk. There's lots of young men who are faint-hearted and are not willing to take the risk. I, I thank you. I thank you that you have responded in courage to go. Verse 23, except the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions awaits me. We don't know what's coming, but you know you're going to, to suffer. We've already mentioned that. Verse 24, but I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I just want to reaffirm Scott's words to you, right? A well begun is not enough. Finish well. Your life is of no value except to finish what you have received from the Lord. The ministry, the calling at Glen Rock Baptist Church is not a calling that you have uh, been, 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 been taken for yourself. This has been a calling that was given to you by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has raised you up. He's, the Holy Spirit has given you gifts to preach and teach. The Holy Spirit has made you a godly man, a godly husband to your wife. The Holy Spirit has done this. Your job is just to, to fulfill the calling that God has placed on your life, to testify, to speak to the gospel of the grace of God. And, and brother, every time I've heard you preach, you preach the gospel of the grace of God. Just continue to do it. He says, and now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom of God will see my face again. Brother, we pray that's not true, right? We pray that we would see your face again here at Park Baptist Church and at Northside Baptist Church. Uh, the great thing about you just going up the road is that we're with you, right? We're not far from you. Uh, Haley, we're with you, right? We're not far from you. Uh, no matter what happens in your life, this is the thing that we're trying to recover here, church in large, what's going to happen in the kingdom of, of, of God. We don't need to be silos. We don't need to be churches trying to build our own kingdoms. We need to be churches working together, which is one of the most beautiful pictures of why this night happened. It happened by the faithful ministry of Northside Baptist Church. It happened by the faithful ministry of Park Baptist Church and the faithful ministry of Glen Rock Baptist Church. Praise God, right? We, we, we're going to send out one of our best men, young men, to go be a pastor of another church. And there's going to be people that go with you. And there's going to be people who, who don't come to Park Baptist Church, but go to Glenrock Baptist Church in the future. And we say, praise God, because it's all about his glory, not the glory of one individual church. We pray you, we see your face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. Now, this is the same calling to, to preach the gospel even through tears. Uh, you do not want to stand on that day of judgment knowing that there's people in your midst who have not heard of the gospel, that there's people in your midst who are living in sin that you were afraid to tell them uh, the truth. Listen, there is going to be pressure all the time for you to water down the message of uh, the gospel. You preached that just this past Wednesday night. You're going to be asked to compromise, to lessen one of the least of these commandments. But what does the scripture say? You'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. 
No, the one who does not relax these commands but holds fast to them. That's the one who says, you are, I am now innocent of the blood of you all. You stand behind this sacred desk as a watchman, calling out to them to repent and to believe and to hold fast to Christ. And again, for I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God's word. Uh, it's probably the first time I've done an ordination when Zephaniah was mentioned. Praise God. It's a wonderful text of scripture. I pray that you would hold on uh, to it, right? Uh, you're called to preach the whole counsel of God, the, the encouraging things, the challenging things, the things that you know are going to rub people the wrong way. I've had messages here where I preached what I thought the text said, and three families left, never saw them in the church again, right? You're, you're not, your job is not to fill this, these pews. Your job is to fill the pulpit. You come up here and you preach the word of God and let God do the rest. Do not shrink back. Well, brother, there's much I can say about this whole text, but I'm just going to end this next verse because it's one of my favorite ones. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Uh, Alan, it's already been mentioned. Care for your soul. Spend time with the Lord Jesus. Pray to him. Read his word. So much of the outside pressure that's going to come upon you is going to be how you do as a pastor. Um, but you're not defined by how you do as a pastor. You're defined by the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus loves you. And the Lord Jesus sings over you with loud singing. Now praise God. And I pray that at church at Glen Rock, I pray that you would encourage him, right? To remind him again and again and again that his identity is not his ability to preach good sermons and to draw a crowd to your church, but his identity is rooted in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is united with the living God in Christ Jesus. Pay careful attention to yourself. And part of that paying careful attention is how you care for your wife. Uh, you are one who loves her. Just to hear you talk about her, it's just, it's a beautiful picture. Haley, you know that he loves you. He wants to make sure that you're cared for well, right? And all the questions of whether to go to Glen Rock, his main concern was not in his ability to preach and not in the, the money that's going to have to be raised, but he's going to say, is how's Haley going to handle this? Because he loves you. Now, brother, I pray that you would continue to do that. Like your, your ministry, your public ministry could be successful, but if you don't love your wife, it's a failure. You need to love her. You need to lay down your life for her uh, because that's what the calling of all Christian husbands. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. And God isn't calling you to love the, 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 the nice sheep. He's not calling to, to have you love the wealthy sheep. He's not calling to have you to love the gifted sheep. He's calling to have you love all the sheep, all the flock. The ones you, you love and the ones who, who, who may be a little bit annoying. The, the, the ones who are, who are funny and the ones who are, who are awkward, right? We need to care for the entire flock because that's what the Lord Jesus did. The Lord Jesus left the 99 to go after the one, right? You need to care for all the flock. So, so love them, right? Why? It's because they're precious to the Lord. It says, you care for all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. The Holy Spirit is going to bring these saints at Glenrock to you and says, care for them, watch over them, oversee them, see how they're doing, ask them tough questions, ask them how they're doing with the Lord, how they're doing uh, with, their, with their time in, in the scriptures. Ask them if there's any secret sins in their life. Oversee their souls. 
Because one day you're going to stand before a living God and he's going to say, how did you care for my sheep? Did you shrink back? Did you care for them? You saw them drifting into sin, but you did nothing. You were lazy here. Oh, why didn't you speak up there? Listen, we know that as pastors, we live for that day when, when, when the Lord, the chief shepherd, will give us the unfading crown of glory. You know, the Lord's going to make up for lots of our mistakes as pastors. Right? We are not sufficient for the task. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who leads us. But he's also given you a mantle to care for this because the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to make these people, I'm going to call them out of darkness, and then I'm going to give them to you, Alan, and the other elder, future elders at Glenrock, to care for these sheep. To do what? To care for the church of God. Just to love them. To care for their souls. You know, we've talked about this before, but lots of young men uh, get uh, into the ministry and they say, I can't wait to preach the word of God. I'd much rather have young men say, I cannot wait to love a sheep, to love a people. Brother, love these sheep. Why? Because they're precious. They're precious to our God, which he obtained with his own blood. The Lord Jesus Christ left heaven, came, was a man of sorrows, was acquainted with grief, walked Calvary's hill, died a brutal death, spilling his own blood, mocked and beaten and ridiculed. Why? Because he loves the sheep. Because he knew that if he didn't die, they could never be with him. So brother, the task of the gospel ministry, it's going to be hard. It's going to be brutal at times. It will, it will mess with your heart. It will cause your heart to drop in your stomach. It will keep you up late at night. It will cause many sleepless nights. It will cause you to doubt yourselves in ways you didn't even know how possible. And yet, it is glorious. Because the Lord Jesus Christ died for these people. And he's saying, brother, love them. Love them as I would love them. I am the chief shepherd and I'm asking you, the, the under shepherd, to lay down your life for my sheep, for their good and for my glory. Alan, I'm going to ask you now to come forward. I'm going to ask you a series of, of questions before we pray for you.